Welcome to Complete Kids Online. Friendly discussions about autism and other developmental disabilities. Learn how working together is working better. One conversation at a time. Hi, welcome to Complete Kids Online. I'm Gina. I'm Bob. And we're joined here by Christian. Christian's one of our occupational therapists. And starting off with our first biggest question, everyone knows what physical therapy is. Everyone knows what speech therapy is. Um, but tell us, what is occupational therapy for kids? What the heck is OT, <laughs> Christian? That's going to be the title. <laughs> yeah, I get that question a lot. Um, so occupations are basically what is important to you like in your daily life and being as successful or independent as you can be. So for kids, this could be like play skills or social skills or just like learning to be more independent with like different life skills, such as dressing or feeding um, and just like being able to adapt to their environments if they have different like sensory issues going on too. It's fun so it's kind of a lot of everything there's a lot of overlap with um, speech therapy and physical therapy, but we're our own separate little therapy. <laughs> when I first heard it, it was, you know, when I first took the job here and I heard of occupational therapy, I was like, oh, they fix like plumbers so they can plumb and <laughs> you know, truck drivers so they can drive a truck. You don't want me helping you plumb your house or anything. <laughs> <laughs> they could fit under the cabinets really easily. <laughs> <laughs> So tell us a little more about the sensory issues you were talking about. Um, so basically, a lot of kids come in with sensory issues, especially a lot of kids with autism. That's very common. Um, so sensory processing is just basically how your brain gets messages from your body and how it reacts to that, like the response that it gives. Um, so some kids don't process the information typically. Um, so some sensory issues you could deal with are some auditory things. So like noises might be too loud for them or they can't really process the information that you're saying and like following the directions with it because too much is going on in the background. Um, you could deal with other sensory issues, just like texture. So that could be like tags on your clothing or certain textures of your clothing or even textures related to picky eating. I get a lot of that where kids are picky eaters because of the textures of the food. Um, but it can also be things such as vestibular or proprioceptive input. So vestibular input is like knowing where your body is in space. And so noticing those like position changes, um, and then proprioceptive input is more of like getting input to the joints and the muscles in your body and like your body crave that. So your kid might be running and crashing and jumping a lot because their body is craving that extra input to their body. You see that a lot. Look at Definitely. Christian. <laughs> Look at Christian with the big words. I know, right? <laughs> I tried to explain it, though. I tried to explain it, but they are some big words. <laughs> we appreciate that. So is it my vestibular system why I'm always walking into things? and <laughs> Maybe <laughs> might have some visual things going on, too. <laughs> <laughs> not noticing where things are. <laughs> it, it does seem, you know, I'm an outsider looking in. Um, it does seem that the one um, therapy out of SLP, OT, and PT that overlaps the most with ABA seems to be OT. Is that correct? Yeah, because ABA works, you know, on a lot of life skills and, you know, becoming more functional. They do some speech things as well, but 
Um, I work a lot with our BCBAs and like implementing what programs they're doing and kind of carrying it over at OT and vice versa. That way, the kids that are here getting ABA and OT, there's a lot of carryover in the same things and it helps them become more successful too. Um, what about the difference between um, a lot of our kids will have meltdowns versus um, tantrums versus meltdowns? Um, can you tell us uh, about that? The biggest thing I've noticed is if it's a sensory meltdown, they usually can't get out of it quickly. So if they're if it's more of a behavior and you give them what they want, they'll kind of dry it up pretty quick. Um, however, if it's a sensory meltdown, they still usually have a harder time kind of regulating and, you know, stop crying and kind of getting back into their routine. Um, granted, sometimes behavioral meltdowns can turn into sensory meltdowns and then it's still hard to, you know, regulate back again. But that's the biggest difference I've noticed. And what if a parent is um, seeing those kind of behaviors at home, those meltdowns? What's something that they could do? Um, Definitely, if it's um, a kid that's kind of rigid and having difficulty with the routine um, and like changes in the routine, like giving them warnings about like, hey, like in five minutes, we're about to leave the house. Okay, in three minutes, we're about to leave and kind of giving them those warnings. Um, you could even use like a visual schedule um, or just using I like to use first then statements a lot. So first, we're going to do um First, we're going to get dressed, then we're going to leave the house um, and just kind of using those statements just to help prepare the child with that. Um, that doesn't always work. I mean, it, you know, it depends on kid to kid and how it's implemented at home. But those are some things I would definitely tell a parent to try. What about, um, you know, for people in the OT field working at Complete Kids, um, you know, maybe talk about that a little bit just um you know, people think about switching jobs or anything like that? Mm -hmm. um, so one thing that we do that's um, a little bit different than, I guess, other outpatient pediatric facilities is working alongside ABA. Um, so I do a lot of co-treating with the ABA therapist. Uh, so I pull the kid from ABA, um, <clears throat> but it basically becomes like the OT session. Um, and so they're there for more of the behavioral support if a child is having a major meltdown or behavior, like they can step in and kind of help, you know, with that and help regulate the child with me. Um, but it's just nice to have multiple hands and like they're learning from me, I'm learning from them. Um, so it's a very collaborative work environment, which I appreciate. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's, you're working with kids. So, you know, you got to have some energy and some um being able to chase around some kiddos every now and then, but it's a lot of fun, definitely. Yeah, what got you into OT? Um, I originally, I always knew I wanted to work in the health field in some sort, and I've always enjoyed working with kids. Um, I thought about physical therapy for a little bit, but then decided on OT. Um, and I just always knew I wanted to work in the pediatric field. They told me when you started school, like, you may change your mind, like you might find a different area. And I was like, I don't think so, but I'll keep an open mind. But I was right. I like working with kids. <laughs> so I haven't strayed from that yet. <laughs> How early in that um, journey did you just find out what OT was? <laughs> uh, I think I learned about it kind of in high school and I was kind of starting to explore, like, what do I want to do with my life? I think I kind of learned more about what OT was. Mm -hmm. So...
What are some signs that a parent might see in their kid that they might be a good candidate for OT? Um, the biggest thing is kind of looking at if they're not meeting developmental milestones um, or even just some fine motor skills. So like using their hands and like weakness associated with that. Um, I've even seen some, it's called learned helplessness. So it's kind of where a kid is always like grabbing your hand and pulling you to do something for them instead of them becoming more independent. Um, if there's poor social skills, not playing well with others, or just not even really engaging a lot with toys, um, or just even for some of my older kids, difficulty with focus and attention and following multi-step directions or having difficulty keeping up in school and things like that. Awesome. So as you know, we have the whole, you know, superhero theme to our uh, clinics and on our bios, we write what our you know, superpower of a wish list of, of superpower would be. Um, what superpower would you have if you could pick anyone? I think I would pick shape-shifting. So, because I always chose flying, but then I was like, you can do so much more with shape-shifting. Like, I can turn into something that flies if I want to, if I really want to fly. So, ah, I the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, that's a good one. That's a great one. <laughs> Okay, um, can you tell us your favorite part of your job? Uh, my favorite part would definitely, well, I have a few, but <laughs> I really like to see the progress that the kids make, especially when them or their parents are really excited about it too. Because um, a lot of times you'll see like little progress week to week, but like if you really think back to like, oh, like last year this kid couldn't even do this and now we're like doing all these other things and just seeing how much they grow and change and progress over time. Um, and just giving parents hope when they see that progress, like, oh, okay. And like helping them figure out what they can do at home to help their child, you know, be as successful as they can be as well. Um, and I like to play, I get to play a lot all day. So that's always really fun. <laughs> it's, I always see, you know, we talk to more parents than kids and, you know, the reaction of about when a kid, you know, goes from A to B, um, you know, you really, it, it tears your heart out in a good way. Um, what do you get a better, um, more excited about the, watching the kid progress or watching the parents watch the kid progress? Ooh, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, I, both. I don't not get excited when the parents are excited too, but it is really cool. Cause I mean, I grow close to these kids too. And, you know, I get to see them kind of grow up in front of my own eyes too. So I really like seeing it. I know I'm not their parent, but it's really cool for me to see. And I get excited when they're, you know, meeting goals and stuff too. What advice would you have for someone who would, is thinking about becoming an OT? It's definitely fun. Definitely consider it. Um, you have to be willing to be creative and kind of adapt on the fly. I am typically pretty organized and like structure, but um, I've learned to be more flexible and, you know, especially working in pediatrics, like it's child led in a sense because they don't want to play with a the toy. They're not going to play with a toy. So, you know, being flexible with that um, and you get to be creative and come up with different ideas, like um, finding new ways to teach a child how to do something or um, different toys to address different skills, um, depending on what they're interested in. So it's really cool just to have the creativity and, um, you know, flexibility to be able to do different things to reach the same goals. 
That's cool. I feel like every OT I've ever met is so organized and crafty and able to put anything <laughs> together. And I'm the opposite. So whenever we get a new game, I'd be like, can you put this together? <laughs> yeah, even in the marketing department, we're always like, we'll get an OT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for uh, taking some time out today to talk to us. Yeah, absolutely. I know you got a, your next kiddo coming. So. Yeah, they're coming soon. <laughs> well, we appreciate your, your infrequent breaks during the day. One of them you, you spent with us, so we appreciate that. Right. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thanks, Christian. Bye. Bye. To continue the conversation, visit the links to our website, Facebook page, Instagram in the comments.